0: Welcome to the Metabolic Mommy Podcast. If you're a busy woman that resorts to eating less and working out more for fat loss, but nothing seems to move the needle for you, and instead you're left feeling tired, bloated, and anxious, mama, you're in the right place. My name is Ems, and I'm founder and head coach at the Metabolic Restore Method This is a No BS podcast for women who are tired of on and off dieting cycles, you're done falling victim to diet culture, and all the false quick fix solutions that society promotes. We make fat loss simple, eat more and do less. Now let's get into it. Hello Metabolic Mommies, welcome to today's episode. So today's episode is just going to be a little bit of an Instagram Q&A, you know that um anonymous questions app. So I just kind of submitted that on Instagram and a few of you sent a couple of questions. I said pretty much anything. It could be life, it could be personal, it could be about your metabolism, your fitness, whatever it is. So we're going to be answering it today. And we'll also talk a little bit about how I got started with, you know, what we're here for, <laughs> how how I got started with metabolism coaching, how I got my own personal um, health and fitness journey started. And we'll just talk about all of that in today's episode. Uh, so let's dive right into it. I think that to I don't know. I, I feel kind of awkward just like jumping in and talking about myself. So I think that we can just answer the first question and then I think that'll like really help segue into um, into me. <laughs> so how long have I been? Have you been training? So I've been training since I was a sophomore in high school and that was 2015 maybe um so it's been roughly almost it's been like 8 years yeah since i have personally started my fitness journey um right when i was about to graduate and go into high school i was uh, pr- uh diagnosed with pre pre-dia- uh, pre-diabetes And I have a a diabetes history in my family anyway, my dad's family, they all have it. So I knew that, you know, I wasn't very surprised. And with my eating habits, I also wasn't surprised. And also just like my level of inactivity, Um, like when I was. Young, I'm talking like maybe like elementary school, I was very active. I was on the swim team. Um, I was always playing some type of sport. My mom wanted us to try everything, whether it was like ballet and tap and basketball. And we really did have a very active um, childhood and we never really ate out too much. Like I remember um, like as a child, I would probably only go to McDonald's whenever I got my blood work done because we would be fasted. And we would make a big fucking deal about getting the needle stuck in our arms. So my mom would just go straight from Lab Corp and take us to McDonald's as a reward for having um, gotten our blood drawn. But yeah, I was I was um, I would always like really eat homemade food like my grandma would cook a lot. I think I've always struggled with portion control, though, because If you're Hispanic and you have a grandma that cooks for you, you know that one plate is not enough. You have to go for doubles or they get offended. Or even if you have one really, really big full plate, like you have to finish your plates. So... Um, that's really like the stereotype. And I was part of that stereotype and I have no complaints. I was so happy. And I think I was always on the chunkier side, especially for a child. And, you know, children have that, ba- that little baby fat on them and it's totally okay. And I never really saw a problem until I entered uh third grade. And it was the first time that I experienced bullying, um, And I that's really when I realized, like, wow, I am overweight. And it kind of went on like that till eighth grade when I saw that I was pre-diabetic and my doctor was like, hey, you need to do something about this. So start exercising. And, you know, I did what any young 14 year old can do at any gym. And it's just walk on the treadmill, go to the Zumba classes with mom And it was nice. It was definitely like a start. I I remember I never dreaded it. I kind of enjoyed it. I was like, okay, whatever. This is cool. You know, it's fine. Got to high school and I there was just an amazing physical education program in my high school. Like, thank God for that. The trainers there, they were just so passionate, and enthusiastic about showing young people how to lift weights and how to have good form and how to build these habits. So I would go every single day after school to lift. Then we opened up a CrossFit affiliation in my high school and I would do CrossFit twice a week. So it was very fun. It was like multiple avenues of learning how to lift learning how to be active and you know if you've ever done CrossFit and oh gosh, that was just like lifting on steroids, you know, because then you're you're running and doing burpees and climbing stuff and you know it's it's a whole other world. But uh yeah, shortly after that, you know, I went to college and I was like, okay, hey, I have to do this on my own. And I would, you know I was lucky I went to a really big university and we had five gyms and I worked at one of them. I was just like one of, one of those fitness assistants that would kind of like clean up the weights, make sure nobody got hurt, whatever. And my boss just saw how passionate I was about the gym and about talking to people and about helping people. And she's like, you should become a trainer. And I was only 18. So I never thought that I could become a trainer that young. And long and behold, I did. I became a trainer, uh, which was just, the best thing that ever happened to me, um, you know, it's hello. It's how I, I'm here right now. <laughs> um, And I really didn't think I would pursue personal training forever or full time. But it was something that I genuinely enjoyed doing um, in-person training while I was in college. And, you know, doing it for so many years. I mean, I'm turning 25 in a couple of months. So it's been a while, you know, it's been almost you know, six, seven years of doing this, I've seen the flaws and loopholes in the in-person personal training model. So I, you know, I definitely am very appreciative of my start and it taught me so much. It's taught me like the experience that I've had with that has really helped me help my clients succeed now as um a metabolism coach as co- uh, as just seeing how comprehensive and how much better online coaching is um and yeah i i digress but uh, that is how long i've been training <laughs> that was the first question i really just really dug into that but But yeah, that that is that is how I started training. And through that all after, you know, I did a lot of just like on my own stuff um, in college and then I went on to do powerlifting post college and, you know, I had graduated. I felt like I had plateaued and everything. At that time, I had had a couple of injuries throughout college. So I had had back surgery and I just thought I was never going to lift heavy again. And I was pretty at peace with that. I was like, you know, I'm still going to the gym. I'm still lifting. I look good. Like, it's fine. But I know something that was always very important to me was to be strong. I feel empowered by being that bitch that lifts the heaviest at the gym. You know what I mean? Like, that is that was what would make me so excited and, you know, for a moment, I gave that up. And then I met my powerlifting coach. Shout out, Dev. He is amazing, like absolutely amazing. He was like, no, you can absolutely continue lifting. He's a doctor of physical therapy now. And he was just such a blessing in my powerlifting career. Um, and, you know, I I did it for about two years. I competed for like a year and I did two, two meets. And it was the best time ever. It was the strongest I had ever been. I mean, I got my squat from like 135. One when, when plate was the most I could ever do on my own. Um, and I got that all the way up to like 280 something. And I just remember like thinking I could never lift that much. Same thing for like my deadlifts. I could probably never do more than like I don't know 205 or something like that and getting my dad left up to close to 300 I think I was 293 or something like that um and don't even get me started with my bench I could never even bench a plate I had just barely hit a plate once like 135 and I got my bench all the way up to 181 I think 179 something like that but um that's that's really and and now I did take a break from powerlifting so I'm just kind of working on my physique. And that's kind of where I'm at now. That's how long I've been training, you know. Something about me though is I've always been consistent. I think the longest I've taken off was two weeks when I went to Europe but not even after my surgeries like after my surgeries I was still doing rehab work like I was still I've always just been very consistent with moving my body and it's something that has tremendously helped my mental health that just makes me feel good and I think that's uh, that's something that I, that we work really hard with in the metabolic restore method in our program is just reframing that for our clients like really seeing like hey like Don't try to force yourself to do these workouts because this is a forever thing. Like, you're really incorporating this into your life. If you skip a week, like, that's fine. It's about just getting right back to it and not skipping a week and then skipping a month and then you're back at it next year. You know what I mean? So it's really building those habits and we just very much frame it in a lifestyle way. So so yeah, absolutely. All right. That's funny. The next question is actually, what are your fitness goals? And I've been pretty shy about this. I haven't really talked much about it, but I've been really into going back to bodybuilding. I mean, when I was in college, I would bodybuild, but I never took it seriously and I never had any desire to compete or anything like that. But after competing in powerlifting, I was like, wow, like what if I take bodybuilding seriously, serious enough to compete and, you know, it looks glamorous, you know, the heels, the bikinis, the bedazzles, the tans, the hair and makeup. But that shit is hard. Like these women, you know, it, it, it is a sport. At the end of the day, there are a lot of pros and cons to it. But especially for a woman, it could be very damaging to your hormones. It puts a lot of stress on your body but i kind of want the challenge i'm not gonna lie i have been very intrigued about trying um so i have been working with a bodybuilding coach and you know i've been working it's very new i've been working with him since april it is june 23rd so since then i have lost 10 pounds already it's a pretty strict routine i'm not gonna lie it's not something that i'm used to um even when i powerlifted, i was only working out four times a week this is five times a week, which sounds like not much more. It's just one more day, but believe it or not, for <laughs> for lifting it's, it is a lot. Like I really will take four days over five anytime, you know? Um, but that's, that's my goal right now is just kind of seeing where that goes. Um, I'm not like setting a date in mind for competition or anything. I just want to work on my physique, feel good again. I was going through a lot during the time that I decided to leave powerlifting and it had nothing to do with powerlifting. It had more to do with me and my mental state. um, you know, I was going through a lot of personal problems and relationship problems. And I felt like I was letting go of my body goals, of my physique goals. And I just didn't feel happy in my skin anymore. And I felt like the stronger I got, the more I had to eat. Like I associated like if I ate less or if I ate cleaner, then like I wouldn't feel as energized to lift. Like I just kind of entered this like unhealthy, like unrealistic mentality. It wasn't even true. You know, I was just making these things up in my head. You can a 100 percent Powerlift and lose weight and recomposition and go into another weight class without having to give up powerlifting, but I felt like I needed to just start fresh with something else with something new and I was going through a lot of transitions in my life like my lease was expiring I didn't know where I was gonna live I had just adopted a dog I just had a lot going on um so yeah that just full circle back to the fact that I am bodybuilding and I really enjoy it well, I don't really enjoy it. I enjoy powerlifting more, but it is uh, interesting. Like I I don't dread it. And I'm also just very disciplined. So I also kind of don't give a fuck. I'm just like, whatever, I have to do it. I'm going to do it. I have goals. I If I set a goal, I'm going to do it, you know? So right now my goal is get that physique better, see where it goes from there. I feel amazing. I've just been so much more active. I know that I can, I don't feel as lazy to take my dog on a third walk. Like I feel a lot better. So we'll see where that goes. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll go right back to powerlifting in a, in a lower weight class. I'm not really sure, but, um, but yeah, those are my current fitness goals. All right. Next question Are there any supplements you use or your clients use that aid in a healthy lifestyle? For example, vitamins. Absolutely. You know, I think majority of the population have a major vitamin D deficiency. Um, I forgot the exact numbers, but I went to to get my lab work done. And my uh, my hormone specialist was telling me that my vitamin D was low and it was like a 30 but if you go to your regular doctor they're going to tell you that that is in the range which is the very last number for the range it's like the the lowest um so it's not really optimal but it's in the range so they cannot flag it and they cannot technically tell you that it's low which i think it's awful because you should absolutely tell someone that it's low so that they can actually go into the optimal range but anyway um the doctor was like, no, I'm not going to tell you that it's low because it's the highest I've seen any patient come in with. And I'm like, well, that's like, that's awful. You should do something about that. And I was talking to one of my friends and she has like, let's say if I have like a 30, she had like a nine. And the truth is like most of the population is extremely deficient in vitamin D. It's like the most common like vitamin deficiency. But um, it's also super easy to supplement. So I 100% always recommend my clients to take some vitamin D3 supplements. Um, really depending on who it is. But most of them will be on vitamin C as well. Um, I like vitamin C with rose rosehip. Um, really helps with you know, your joints and a lot of other things. So vitamin C for sure. Um, definitely your omegas, your omega-3s. I personally don't eat seafood like that. It's like very rare for me to have seafood, but super important to have those fatty oils in you, um, especially as women to make sure that our hormones are being balanced. Uh, so those I recommend. And then some type of probiotic, Mm, this though, I would make sure that you ask, um, you could shoot me a DM or you can ask your doctor about it, but not all probiotics will be good for you but i definitely typically will recommend some type of aid for the gut so for sure just it really depends which one because if you go google it there are so many different probiotics it can make your head spin um and just if you answer a couple questions you know we'd probably be able to find the one that suits you best but really i think those are the main ones i don't we don't really go crazy on supplements Dep- it just really depends on your blood work because honestly depending on your blood work you might get put on a lot of different stuff you know magnesium chasteberry um we have our pcos girlies that might be on metformin you might need some extra supplementation um whether it's some type of you know um <laughs> Some type of like prenatal, some type of, um, how do you pronounce it, o- Ovisitol, um, powder. It just really depends. So again, it's on a per case basis. Uh, if you have lab work, then you should definitely, uh, well, if you join her program, the really great part, the really great perk is that we review your blood work and have a hormone specialist that um, really recommends the specific supplementation necessary for your case uh and it's it's amazing they give you like a whole protocol uh but you could also go to your endocrinologist if your insurance covers it they might be able to help you Def probably not your doctor not gonna lie (laughs) probably not your doctor your doctor's probably gonna tell you you're okay um but yeah so i hope that answers that and i think there's one more question and it's do you think that your diet really does control your gut microbiome absolutely Whatever you put in your body will 100% affect what's going on in your gut. You can can cause gut dysbiosis by just like eating poorly. So uh, definitely if you are experiencing some type of digestive problems, it's more than likely... And even if you're not experiencing, even if you're not experiencing digestive problems, like if you have eczema, if you have if you're breaking out a lot, if you have you know acne, skin irritations, even if your mood, if you feel like more depressed than usual, if your anxiety just feels extra high, like you're getting really angsty over little things, a lot of it is coming from your gut. You might be thinking it's coming from your brain or you're crazy or something's going on, or no, it's it's probably coming from your gut. So. I would really just recommend whole foods, like take a break from from any processed foods, um, any added sugars that you're consuming. Just aim for whole foods, um, foods that won't inflame your gut, lots of water, lots of water, decrease caffeine intake, decrease alcohol intake. If you could just completely eliminate it for a couple of weeks, it's really going to help just cleanse out your gut. So I hope you found this helpful. It was just a very chill get to know me. Type of thing. (laughs) Um, If you are experiencing. You know, fat loss resistance or any of the symptoms that we talked about in this episode, then definitely shoot me a DM that says metabolism. We are currently closed for admission admission as of June, but we will be intaking new women into our academy on July 1st. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, definitely be sure to shoot me a DM so that I can contact you, put you on the wait list. It is a little bit of an extensive application process. We want to make sure that we're intaking women. Women that genuinely want to see the change through that genuinely want to commit to their health. It's kind of like I mentioned in this episode, it's a lifestyle, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's going to take, um, not hard work, but it's just going to take consistency really. Uh, so, that's what we do in the metabolic booster method. We're going to help you fix your metabolism so that you can lose those stubborn, you know, 15 to 20 pounds of body fat, double your energy and your confidence all without damaging your hormones or having to do any crazy restrictive diet that makes you give up your favorite foods or, you know, like ice cream. Hello, it's summer. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for you. Metabolic mommies. Thank you for tuning into today's episode and I'll catch you out in the next one thank you for tuning in today's episode of Metabolic Mommy. If you found today's episode useful, the best way to say thank you is by leaving a five-star review on the platform that you're listening to. You can also share with me your favorite part of the episode by sending me a DM on Instagram at fit.ms. See y'all later, metabolic mommies.